0: and I love stories. Hello super great kids and how are you? Here in Britain we're preparing for a party. We're celebrating the fact that our queen has reigned for 70 years and we've never had a king or queen who's been on the throne for quite so long. That's a long time to work at one job and she's still doing it even though she's 96. So We're all having an extra day's holiday and people are preparing parties in their gardens, parties in their streets and parties in their town squares to celebrate our hard working queen. I wonder if you'd like to be a king or a queen. Now, if a king or queen has a prince or princess, then they will automatically take over the job from their father or mother. But what happens When the royal leader doesn't have any children. When there are no princes or princesses to take over. How do you choose who will be the next person to sit on the throne? How do you decide who will make a good leader? So, guess what the story's about this week? You've guessed it. It's all about a hard-working king who is looking for the next king or queen to take over from him. And just before we start our story, I wonder what you think would make a good king or queen. Do they need to be a good cook, or a good dancer, or be kind, or have superpowers, or be generous or clever? Why don't you have a think about what you'd look for if you were choosing a new king or queen? While we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, Super Great Kids. Did you decide what sort of a king or queen you'd like to rule over your country? Would you like someone who rides elephants? Or someone who's good at roller skating? Or someone who's funny or serious? Maybe you could send us a picture of your king or queen. Well, now, here is storyteller Amy Douglas with a story from China, although this is her own English royal retelling. Are you sitting comfortably? Am I sitting comfortably? Then let the story begin. Here it comes, here
1: it comes. There was once a king, and he worked hard for the good of his people. He worked every day, through the weeks, past the months, and into the years, until one day he woke up as he did every day. He got out of bed and... (gasps) stretched, uh, as he did every day. And he went over to the bowl of water that had been left for him to wash his face in, as he did every day. But as he started to wash his face, unlike every other day, a little bit of the dream from the night before came into his head. And he stopped, remembering and smiling. And when he looked back at the water, The water had stilled and of course as he looked at the water what did he see but his own reflection but it wasn't the face that he expected to see. It was the first time he'd looked at his reflection for a long time and as he looked at it he saw that the crows had left footprints around his eyes. He saw that his once dark hair was now white and around his eyes and his lips and his face there were laughter lines worry lines frown lines a whole lifetime mapped out in wrinkles on his face without realising it he'd grown old he didn't mind so much that he'd grown old but there was a big problem He'd been so busy looking after his kingdom and being a king that he'd had no time for himself. He'd had no time to meet someone, fall in love, get married. He'd had no time and no opportunity to have children. There was no prince. There was no princess. So who would be the next king or queen? He would look after his people and the land that he had worked so hard for all these years. <sighs> he sat down and he began to think. And he thought through everybody he knew. But no one person seemed any better to rule the kingdom after him than anybody else. And he sat and he thought and he thought. Then <gasps> he had an idea. He would have a competition. And so the word went out across the land. All the messengers went to all corners of his kingdom and they began their announcement. There was to be a competition and anybody who wanted could enter to be the next king or queen. It didn't matter if you were rich or poor. It didn't matter if you were male or female. It didn't matter if you were young. Well, that was the one. Thing, you did have to be younger than the king himself but other than that anybody could enter <gasps> there was so much excitement everywhere everybody wanted to be the next king or queen People started to gather at the palace ready for the day when the competition would be announced. All the strong men and women, they came and they were wrestling each other to see who was the strongest. They were battling each other with axes and swords to see who would be the best fighter because you need to be strong to be a king or a queen. All the clever and wise men and women came because they said you needed to be clever and you needed to be wise to be a king or a queen. And they sat underneath the trees, asking each other riddles, sparring with one another at chess. But it wasn't just the strong and the clever and the wise that came. Everybody came. Everybody wanted to be the next king or queen. And so they came men and women, young and not quite so young, rich and poor, all gathered together, all in their best clothes with fine hats on their heads and amongst everybody else there was one small boy. Well, he put on his best clothes too but he'd had a bit of a growth spurt and the ankles and the wrists weren't quite long enough and they were a little bit worn at the knees and the elbows and he looked at all the strong people and the clever people and the well-dressed people, the rich people and he thought... I can't think of a single competition that I could win against these other people. (sighs) His shoulders slumped and his head fell down against his chest and he was about to hang his head and walk home. When a hush came down over the crowd. As one, everybody turned to look at the palace. Out onto the parapets paraded the buglers. And as one, they lifted the bugles to their lips and they played. The great oak doors of the palace swung open and there was the master of ceremonies, a little man in a red jacket, but he puffed up his chest and in a voice that everybody could hear, he announced, Let the competition begin! And then walked out the king himself with the crown on his head and he looked out at all the people who were gathered there and he held up his hand and in his hand he had a little bag and he said, in this bag I have seeds and anybody who would like to be the next king or queen come before me and I will give you a seed. You must plant that seed. You must care for that seed and nurture it for six months. And at the end of that time, half a year, I want you to come back and show me the fruits of your labours. I want to see what you have managed to grow. Well, there was a pause. And everybody started looking at each other. And um, This was not the sort of competition that they had expected to decide who was going to be a king or a queen. They thought they were going to have to go on adventures, they were going to have to go across the seas, they were going to have to climb mountains, there might be dragons involved, but they hadn't expected they just had to plant a seed. On the other hand, whatever the competition was, people were going to have a go and they started to elbow their way to join the queue that was forming in front of the king. One person was delighted. That little boy, his parents, were farmers. If there was one thing he should know how to do, then surely it was how to plant a seed, and so he took his place with everybody else. He waited patiently till it was his turn, and then he ran up before the king. He held out his hand. The king put a seed onto his palm. The boy wrapped his fingers around that seed, and he was off. He was running, running, running away from the palace down the road. He didn't stop running till he got home. He ran into the farmyard and Carefully, carefully took that seed, put it onto a windowsill safe while he got a plant pot. He put some stones at the bottom for drainage. Then he went to his father's best field. He got some soil from there. Next was his secret weapon. Next was the secret ingredient that he had all hopes for that would make his seed better than anybody else's. He went to the stables. He found a nice, well-rotted, slightly gloopy piece of horse poo and he picked it up and he put it into the soil and he kneaded it in. He added a little bit of water until he had a lovely consistency of poo and soil and then he made a little hole in the middle, dropped the seed inside, patted it all down And he put that pot with a seed inside in a place that got the morning and the evening sun. Uh, Then he went and washed his hands. And then the hard part started. The hardest part of growing any seed. Waiting. He didn't expect much to happen for the first week or so. But still, every morning... He was out of bed, down the stairs, outside and the first thing that he did was to look inside that pot to see if something was growing, if there was a little white shoot or a little green sprout. There was nothing for the first week. He hadn't really thought there would be. There wasn't anything for the second week either and by the third week he was sure that any day now there would be a little tiny curling shoot that would nudge the soil out of the way. Still nothing. A whole month went by. Still, nothing was growing inside that pot. Two months went by. The boy tried adding more water. Three months went by. He tried letting the pot dry out. Four months went by. He put the pot in a place that got more sun. Five months went by. He tried putting the pot in the shade. He tried singing to it, talking to it, everything he could. And still, every day he came running down the stairs, outside to see if there was anything growing in that pot. There was nothing. Half a year passed. Six months were gone. On the last day, the day of the competition, the boy went downstairs, went outside with one last forlorn hope, looked at the pot and still there was nothing there but a pot of dirt and horse poo. (sighs) He went inside. He sat down at the breakfast table and his parents looked at him and said, Why aren't you dressed in your best clothes? Isn't today the day of the competition? Yeah. Well then go and get ready. I'm not going. What do you mean you're not going? I haven't grown anything, said the boy. There's nothing in my pot but dirt and horse poo. How can I take that before the king? (gasps) Oh, son, said his mother. You've worked so hard for six months. What difference is one more day going to make? Take your pot. Wear your best clothes. Go to the palace. Even if you are not chosen, what a day to see! You'll see the next king or queen chosen. It'll be something you'll remember forever. Go and have fun! The boy didn't think it was going to be fun, but he couldn't see any way out of it. And so he put his best clothes on and he went outside and he picked up that pot of dirt and horse poo and he started to walk towards the palace. The closer he got, the more people there were on the road and every single one of them was carrying a plant pot. Some had little pots with tiny white flowers and... Oh, he got a waft of such beautiful scent as he walked past. Others had great big yellow and orange and purple, vibrant blooms. Some had long green trailing vines. There were all sorts of plants. It seemed every person had a different plant, the one thing they all had in common was that they did have a plant. He was the only one carrying a pot of dirt and horse poo. <laughs> he got slower and slower, his feet dragging on the road. And so it was, he was the very last person to arrive at the palace. The hush was already descending on the crowd. He saw the buglers walking out onto the parapets. They lifted the bugles to their mouths. The great oak doors opened. There was the master of ceremonies. Let the judging begin. And there was the king himself, smiling out to all of his people, and everybody was elbowing and nudging and trying to get a good place in the queue. One by one, everybody filed their way past the king, showing off their plant pot and the beautiful plant that they had grown. And the king nodded and smiled at each of them, but He didn't stop anybody. He spent no more time with any one person than the person before them. And as time went on, that smile seemed to get a bit faded. The boy, waiting at the end of the queue, waited a long time. And he had enough time to start thinking. And he had enough time for his heart to start thumping and his knees to start knocking and his legs to start shaking. Because what he was thinking was that all the stories that he'd heard about kings and the things that they did to people that disappointed them and surely when he went before the king with nothing but a pot of dirt and horse pee well the king he was going to think that the boy hadn't tried he was going to be lucky if if the, the least that happened to him was that he was thrown into a dungeon the key thrown away and lived the rest of his life in the dark it was the boy's turn somebody nudged him from behind and he stumbled in front of the king and he was walking with his head bowed down low over the plant pot, hoping that the king wouldn't notice there was no plant inside. But a big hand came down on his shoulder and that hand spun him around. Boy took a deep breath. He lifted his head and he looked up into the eyes of the king himself. And the king looked down at the boy and he was smiling. You will be my heir, said the king. You will be the next king. But, 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 said the boy, but I, I haven't brought you a plant. All of these other people, they've got so many beautiful plants and I've brought you nothing but a pot of dirt and horse poo. (laughs) (laughs) The king, his smile broadened and he started to laugh. He laughed and laughed and laughed, and he said, I do not know where those people got those plants. It wasn't from me. Before I gave out the seeds, I took them and I put them into boiling water, and I boiled them for a day and a night. Those seeds were dead. I boiled all the life out of them. Not one seed should have grown as much as a blade of grass. And yet, out of my whole kingdom of all the people here you you are the only one who had the courage and the honesty to come before me with nothing but a pot of dirt and so you will be the next king
0: Oh, thanks to Amy for that story. I wonder if you'd have been brave enough to hand over a pot of dirt and horse poo to a king. I wonder if I would. I wonder if your grown-up would. And now, it's time for me to dig into my bag of happies and say some thank yous. First of all, I'd like to say a very big thank you to all our subscribers. For us, you are like generous kings and queens, princes and princesses, helping us to keep making this podcast. So, a big thanks to new Patreon subscribers in Brompton, Ontario, to Matilda, who is five, and Felix, who is two. Thanks to Kofi-donor Madeline, and thanks to Blythe, who is five, and Sister Sylvie, who is one and a half, and their grown-up, Hannah. And thanks too to Apple subscribers Ophelia and Mila from Brentwood in Essex and to Kira and Rhea and their grandmother Betty. Let us know if you're a subscriber and you'd like a mention. And thanks for some really lovely reviews to Zoe and her dad in Boston and Leo in the UK and his brother who is nine. And to Lena in the United States. It's lovely to read your reviews. Thanks to all of you who took time to review us this week. If you'd like to give a one-off donation or any amount on Ko-fi or subscribe to our podcast on Patreon and get bonus stories, early access and ad-free, then go to our website on supergreatkidsstories.com or to subscribe on Apple, go to Apple Podcasts. Or if you like us, do tell a friend about our stories. Now. You've all been drawing and sending wonderful pictures of our stories for us to share on our Facebook page. So, here's some thank yous to super great kids who've been sending in pictures. Thanks to six-year-old Joey, who sent in a beautiful picture of Priya and a rather cute little crocky Walkie from the story Why Crocodiles Sleep With Their Mouths Open. And hello to Max and Angus and baby sister Emily in Hawaii. And mum Carla... Max and Angus particularly enjoy why crocodiles sleep with their mouths open. And thanks to twins, Alexander and Benjamin, who are six and have each sent us a brilliant picture. Alexander sent a neat and rather marvellous picture of the magic orange tree with green swirling lines for the leaves. And Benjamin sent a laughing prince with spiky hair and laughter spilling out of his mouth. Thanks to both of you. Really good pictures. And super great kids story fan Abigail has drawn another brilliant picture, this time of Nora and the ackee fruit. I love the way you've drawn the river, Abigail. It gives it lots of movement and makes it really feel as if it's a magic river. And thanks to Leo, who sent in imaginative drawings of Finn McCool and Anansi and the Party. Leo, you've just brilliantly captured how big the giant is. And in your Nancy and the Party picture, I like the way you've drawn all the friends in different colours and wearing different outfits. Thanks for these. Wow! Seven-year-old Rishan from Austin in Texas has sent a stupendous drawing of the story Why the Whale Has a Sad Song. I particularly like the bird with his sharp beak and beady eye. Very good writing too, Rishan. Thank you for that. It's super great. And thanks to seven-year-old Anastasia from Sydney, who likes listening to the stories in the car with her brothers, Michael, who is nine, and Samson, who is three. Anastasia has sent some super great pictures of Anansi and the hot pepper soup and the story Goose Girl. Very clever the way you've drawn Goose Girl's feathery wings, all layered with rainbow colours. And I like the way you've shaded the sky and the grass to give it texture and a feeling of wide open spaces. It's a fun story, isn't it? I wonder if you could try telling the start of it to your little brother. And Riley, who is seven from Portland in Maine, has sent us three clever stories in one picture. I particularly like your stick woman picture, Riley. She has quite a cheeky look on her face. And Tianjay is another of my favourite stories that you've drawn. I like the message in that story about good friends standing up for each other. Thanks for sharing your picture, Riley. And thanks to Isadora, who is five and a half, from Denton in Texas, who's drawn a magical picture of the story from Argentina, The Owl, Girls and the Witch. I really like your witch, Isadora. Her green face and her little black top and her colourful pointy hat. A lovely picture, thank you. Exciting that you've got a new baby brother. Lucky him having a kind sister like you to share stories with him. And Mia from Calgary in Alberta, Canada has drawn a brilliant picture of the trickster story Coyote and the Big Old Tree. I like the way you've drawn the tree so that it fills the whole page, making it feel like a really important part of the story. I wonder if you'd climb into a tree if you saw it opening, and then what would happen in your story. Thanks for sharing this, Mia. And Cora, who is five, from Tucker in Georgia, has drawn a very colourful picture of Firishka and the magic water. What a creative picture, Cora. I particularly like the way you've drawn the colours of the night sky. I wonder if you have a lake or river near where you live which you could tell a story about. And Eleni, who is five from Hobart in Tasmania, has sent a stylish drawing of the Haitian story Tiange and the Yellow Dress. It's so clear and fun, Eleni, and I love Tiange's happy hair. Very good writing, too. Thanks so much for sharing this. And thanks to siblings Saver, who is six, and Nala, who is four, for your super great drawings. Saver and Nala are on a very exciting trip in their campervan travelling around the US and have been drawing pictures of our stories as they go from place to place Saver, I really like your magical picture of Nora and the Aki fruit and Nala, your drawing of Djibouti the wise little tortoise from the Brazilian story Kibungu, Beast of the Forest is very cute I love the bright lime colour you've used against the blue background thank you both that's it for this week, more to come next week If you'd like to see these pictures, they're all on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories. And if you'd like to send us a picture, the easiest way is to send it to me by Facebook Messenger or to go to our website supergreatkidsstories.com and scroll to the bottom where you'll see a place to attach a picture. We love hearing from you. Whatever you do, just keep telling your stories and singing those songs. See you soon. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London.